a church group was in the habit of using a large hotel in a nearby city to hold its annual conferences. Now, in the lobby of this particular hotel, there was a large sign, and on the sign was the hotel's motto. The sign read, There are no problems, there are only opportunities. Well, it happens that this year, a few moments after the group had checked in, one of its male members came running up to the front desk, said to the desk clerk, Excuse me, but I have a problem, a big problem. The clerk responded, Why, sir, you know our motto. There are no problems. There are only opportunities. The man said, Well, call it whatever you want, but I just walked into the room you gave me, and I found a pretty young woman sleeping in my bed. Think about it. <laughs> my brothers and sisters, Problems are still problems, even if you don't call them problems. But you know what? As hard as this might be for some people to believe, sins are still sins, even if you don't call them sins. Many people in our world today don't. Just think of the euphemisms that are used today to describe behaviors that are clearly sinful. I'll give you a few common examples. Hatred, that's a sin. That's called justified anger by many people, especially if they're dealing with a political opponent. Happens a lot. Cursing and swearing are called expressing your feelings. Gossip and slander are called sharing. Missing a Sunday or Holy Day Mass without a good reason is called taking time for myself and my family. Living together before marriage and even adultery are talked about in terms of entering meaningful relationships. Homosexuality and transgenderism are called alternative lifestyles. Euthanasia is called dying with dignity. Greed is called making a living, especially if you're deeply involved in professional sports on some level. Most of you know I love golf. But you know what? Nine million dollars for 18 holes? There's something deeply troubling about that to me. There's something morally deficient about that, even if the opponents in the match happen to be Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods. There are also euphemisms for sin in general. I found some of them on the internet on a website the other day. Listen to this list. Sins are often called today mistakes, flaws, errors, indiscretions, oversights, missteps, foibles, blunders, shortcomings, and on and on the list goes. Now, please don't misunderstand me here. I'm not saying that every mistake, every flaw, every error, every, every indiscretion, etc., is a sin. I'm simply saying that sometimes those words are misused in order to deny or excuse certain sins. This, of course, would not have been acceptable 
to John the Baptist, whom we heard about in today's Gospel reading from Luke 3. John came to prepare God's people for their Messiah by making clear to them that they needed a Messiah, a Messiah who would bring them forgiveness for their sins. So he baptized people in the Jordan River as they confessed their sins. St. Mark tells us that detail in his Gospel. They didn't just get dunked in the water. They also expressed verbally what they needed to be forgiven for. Now, can you imagine how John would have responded if the people who came to him for baptism had used our modern-day euphemisms for their sins? John, please baptize me. I made a mistake. John, please baptize me. I committed an indiscretion the other day. John, please baptize me. I have a flaw. You know what John the Baptist would have done? He would have freaked out. He would have gone ballistic. He'd have said, you made what? A mistake? Was that when you were balancing your checkbook? You made what? An indiscretion? What does that mean? You have what? A flaw? Well, join the club. Welcome to the human race since Adam and Eve, an original sin. We all have flaws. Thankfully, that's not the kind of thing John heard when he was baptizing. What he heard were things like, I lied, I stole, I cheated, I killed an innocent man, I committed adultery, I had hatred in my heart for another person. Just sins, no euphemisms. John the Baptist's philosophy on all this can be summed up, I think, with these words. This came to me this past week, this line. John's philosophy was, Name it, claim it, and get rid of the blame for it. Name it, claim it, and get rid of the blame for it. That's why if John the Baptist were alive today, he would absolutely love the Sacrament of Reconciliation. Because in order to make a good confession, you first of all have to name the sin. You can't just say, I've done some really bad stuff, Father. If there are serious sins, that's not sufficient. You have to identify the sin by name, like the people at the Jordan River did. You have to mention how often you committed the sin. Then you have to claim it. You have to claim the sin, meaning that you have to take personal responsibility for it. Yes, I did it. I knew it was wrong. I knew I shouldn't have done it. But I made the choice to do it anyway. No excuses, no attempts to rationalize my actions. I was wrong, I admit it, but now I seek God's mercy. That's the attitude we should have whenever we confess a sin. Any sin, mortal, venial, whatever it is. Because that's an attitude that pleases God greatly. And that's an attitude that opens us up to his total and complete forgiveness, which we do receive when the priest raises his hand and absolves us in the sacrament. And thus we get rid of the blame, the guilt, for the sin or the sins that we confess. I'll tell you one of the most tragic thoughts I've had, depressing and tragic thoughts I've had as a priest. 
So thought there, there have probably been people who've come to confession to me over the years who have purposely not named certain sins that they knew deep down inside they needed to acknowledge. Maybe they were afraid. Maybe they were embarrassed. Maybe it was for some other reason. But that's tragic. It's always tragic when a person takes the blame for a sin out of the confession with them because they weren't willing to name it and claim it. We're supposed to get rid of our blame in the confessional, not take it with us when we leave. Name it, claim it, and get rid of the blame for it. That was John the Baptist's approach to sin. May it be ours as well.